Hey, what's up, guys? It's Big Cat. Before you start listening to this episode, I wanted to let you know that we're running a special sale on all Barstool merch. Go to store.barstoolsports.com and use code PODCAST for 10% off. Go to store.barstoolsports.com and use code PODCAST for 10% off. What it is! This is the Macho Man Randy Savage. And this is Hard Factor. And there is no one that does it better right now. Yeah, no. But he does it better. I ain't repeating myself. Go ahead, tell me something right now. Yeah, I'm living in a nightmare. And I'm not a racist. And I'm always cheering. Oh, yeah. Another episode of Hard Factor presented by the Barstool News Network. It is Monday, May 11th, 2020. And Pat's off today, so it must be a Monday. Uh, but he joins us in the second half uh, for an interview we taped on Friday with Cassie Dillon from Lone Conservative while Wes was joyriding a spider motorcycle in the hill country of Texas. Is that right, Wes? What were you doing on Friday? I absolutely was. That's, that's exactly what I was doing. I was joyriding. How was that, sp- how was that spider? It was awesome, man. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was, it's very different than a motorcycle, but whew, yeah, lots of fun. <laughs> so what you're what you're saying, Will, is that you and I are um, steady as can be. Well, yeah, I mean we're we're on both portions of the podcast today, so uh, yeah, yeah. Well, Mark and I'll be with you all day. I also enjoyed my first uh, beer at a restaurant over the weekend. So oh, nice. Down started. Yeah, so, you look like you're having a good time yesterday. Oh, you're, buddy, you were texting some things. That's right. I was. I was. I was. <laughs> yeah, f- feeling good. Feeling good. I'm very back. Yes. Uh, we got a hell of an interview with Cassie Dillon, like I said, lined up in the second half of this show. But let's kick it off first with the top six news stories of the day. We got a bunch of shit. All the, all the top ones. We're going to start it with oh, yeah. Obamagate. So first up, of course, we're going to start this week by taking it to the Internet immediately. We go to at real Donald Trump on Twitter who had a hell of a time celebrating the DOJ dropping the case against General Michael Flynn. Remember, we talked about that last week. That's right. And then the, the DOJ actually dropped the case against Flynn on Thursday. And then on Sunday, uh, Trump was on Twitter just having a ball, calling it the biggest political crime in American history by far. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Referring to Obama admin uh, focusing on the Trump campaign uh, on, his, on their way out. So... And then he re- then he tweeted later after saying it was the biggest crime by far. He just said Obamagate, all caps, <laughs> exclamation point. So, uh, you know, that gets him riled up over there. Yeah. yeah bigger, that, than, uh, bigger than Watergate, bigger than Cigargate, bigger right. than uh, the yeah, he's saying gate. it's the biggest yeah. gate, <laughs> the biggest gate that they make. Okay. That, that's, that, that's Obamagate is what all he's right. saying. Uh, he also tweeted other things about big J's who got the Flynn Mueller investigation all wrong, but still got Pulitzer prizes somehow. And basically he's trying to make a grand spectacle out of the proof that he's finding out that the Obama era staff in the intelligence community were spying on him and his campaign on their way out. And that's the encounter investigation. Like we said, it's being run by John Durham and his boss, attorney general, Bill Barr, who because of this is now public enemy number one for the democratic party. Basically Bill Barr is all the way in on this. He's riding this one out. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's getting pretty serious for the, for old Billy Barr. He's he's, yeah. he's not backing down either. He's, he's he's coming after it. After all, something to remember here: 
presidents do technically control the DOJ and things like the FBI, CIA, and NSA, which, you know, are actual spy agencies. So we'll see how much more we find out from here. I mean, I'm sure people on all sides are going to take this in stride, uh, like the geniuses uh, in response to the actual Obamagate tweet from uh, at real Donald Trump. We have at real defender. He says, Obama and his administration needs to be investigated. The time has come. Hashtag Obamagate. Thank you, at Real Defender. It's actually, this is, came out because of an investigation into right. Obama that's actively occurring. That's right. So your yeah. wishes are already being you know, fulfilled. I think, I think much like Trump in the Mueller investigation where you know, they didn't find anything, I don't think that uh, Obama's going to get like arrested. But I do think Comey's probably having a very stressful quarantine. Because I oh, think Comey, people... Comey's probably going to go down. Is my guess right? Well, just like the Manaforts of the world were on yeah. the fucking hot seat back in the Mueller days, there's other yeah. people on the D side that are going to be in the right. hot seat now for sure. Uh, yep. And then at to real uh, defender, we have uh, at glam elegance. She replies, Donald Trump and his administration need to be investigated. The time has come. Eighty thousand Americans live lost Trump gate. So she is Lady, blaming everyone's ent- investigated. Oh, well, right. she's blaming the entire coronavirus on, on Trump. Oh, the whole, so the whole virus. Okay. That's just uh, another uh, excellent take from the Twitter sphere. Yeah. So, Capitol you know, Hill's just one big investigation. All they're doing it, is investigating. Yeah, that's all it is. <laughs> We're going to investigate everybody. Yeah, then yep, it's yeah. an investigation of the investigation, and then it's, that investigation was itself corrupt, so you investigate the investigation of the investigation. Exactly, and I've ran too long with this investigation story, so Wes, move us on, please. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I got a little international update for you guys. First off, total cases of the virus worldwide, 4,179,720. Deaths, 283,846. Here in the U.S., 1,367,638, almost 81,000 deaths. So still just terrible. Um, and, you know, just virus is just going strong. Other countries are just starting to now peak. Hopefully we're over that. Who knows? Um, and as pressure to reopen all over the globe mounts, Boris Johnson is speeding up the reopening of the UK, saying, quote, we now need to stress that anyone who can't work from home, for instance, those in the construction or manufacturing industries, should be actively encouraged to go to work. So he's feeling the economic pressure from from people over there now, and and it's 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 time to reopen. Rojo needs to get it running. Yeah, That's everybody right. wants to spend a, spend a few dollars. I don't know if you saw the picture of the beer that I drank. Uh, look, on look Saturday good. night at a, at a real restaurant while watching UFC, but uh, that that was worth the money. That looked good. Yeah, I think the U.S. is different though with their big businesses. They're they're pushing for remote. Like uh, my brother in law's big company, which I won't mention, they're not going back to work till September at the earliest. And then like Google and Yahoo and some people, are, Google and maybe some other companies said like 2020, they're going to have everyone remote. Well, sure, if you yeah. can be remote, right. it's right. Right. you got to you got to switch right. to remote right now. You got to be flexible as a company. But if you need to get your people back to work, you need to get them back. Sure, yeah. that's not that's Can't. not for small businesses. Or, you know, or or, or what yeah. Boris talking like construction yeah. manufacturing. Right, right, right. You got got to be in the factories and, sure. uh, be on the job sites. So um, people are now late, allowed to sunbathe and exercise all they want. In the UK, other key measures, according to CNN. Um, um, they, they want people to avoid public transport when possible. Um, quarantining people entering the country by air would come into, into, into place soon over there. And then they're introducing a, a new like alert system, like the terror system. So uh, for, for, I guess, the virus. So you'll, you know, code red, don't stay inside today. The virus is high kind of shit. Really? Um, yeah, that's what the, it, it seems like. How um, can you have a virus forecast? I guess like. I, lot of, I don't know if it's windy. A lot of, lot of coughing going on today, boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's windy, and a lot of people are coughing, so stay yeah. inside. 
I saw my upstairs neighbor. He didn't wear a mask today. A lot of so, heavy breathers uh, out there today. <laughs> Code red. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's hot. Yeah. Um, the the advice and slogan "Stay at home uh, to save lives" is now "Stay alert." So they're they're easing up. Um, primary schools could open as early as June first, um, and then more shops and hospitality will open um, and start to reopen in July. Uh, moving to Brazil, where cases have spiked to over one hundred and sixty-two thousand and eight, uh, over eleven thousand deaths. Remember, uh, President Jair Bolsonaro called this the little flu back in March. Um, last Tuesday, um, he said that the uh, seeking the Supreme Court there that the the worst had passed, and then twenty thousand more cases occurred between then and Friday. Um, so um, more now, of course, and the and the most cases in a single day happened last Thursday. So the worst is not behind them there. Um, and Bolsonaro also said to the Supreme Court, uh, "quote The issue of unemployment, the issue of the economy no longer working. We can't let the side effect of the of the uh, of the fight against the virus be more harmful than the disease itself." Which is a theme that is just you know all over the world. People are right. that's the question, right? That's the question. So um, Bolsonaro yeah. said, "I would be real worried if I was Macron's old ass wife, though." Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very true. Um, so yeah, he's uh, he's kind of in denial down there, and it seems like they're they are not. They're, it seems like they're the worst is yet to come for them for sure. So hopefully not. But yeah, he needs. It doesn't to, appear that heat is really the thing that not great, not great no. with the heat, not great. No. I mean, we could have told you that though. It's been a hundred degrees in Austin. Okay, right. guys, <laughs> I have a I have a crazy story for you. To be honest, you're probably not going to believe it because it sounds fake, but allegedly it happened. Uh, an armed mob led by a sheriff's deputy in North Carolina stormed the house of a family that the mob thought had something to do with a possible abduction or foul play of a missing 16-year-old girl. The father of the missing girl was also a part of the angry mob. Did you follow all that? I packed Whoa. a lot in yeah. there, so it's so Monday. I apologize. So a girl in an angry mob trying to get her back rolled up on a house. Had a hot tip, so they rolled Poss- up like armed, a, it's like an a posse. armed posse. Yeah. yeah. So Ben David, the new, new Hanover County District Attorney, said that Jordan Kitta, uh, he's the sheriff deputy that led the mob, led an armed group oh. to the home of Damian Shepard, a senior in high school near Wilmington, North Carolina. And Kitta was looking for, as the mob was, uh, including the father, Lakaida, Lakaida, Kempesty, who was like a 16-year-old girl, 15 or 16, uh, who had been reported missing earlier in the day. Uh, she was later found safe completely elsewhere just after the mob terrorized Shepard's home. But um, at, the <laughs> oh point, at the point, at the point they name, didn't find her. Her name is so close to cicada chemistry. <laughs> it's not it's not far off that and that's scary cicada chemistry is scary stuff uh the mob had a hot tip that someone named josiah had a thing for Lakeda, uh so that's who they were looking for thing is josiah used to live next door to the shepherds but he didn't even live there at the time uh and so they had the wrong house and the kid didn't even live there anymore so these idiots were just way off base uh to make matters worse it was also apparently an all-white mob trying to break into a black family home so the optics optics are not great there um they were looking for this girl but i I wonder if they had like tiki torches to make matters worse there's like footage of them like all with like tiki torches you know that would be bad they were like gaston and company uh storming the beast castle not Right. It's a scary sight for a a black family to be. uh, Absolutely. Absolutely absolutely terrified. What? what, I mean, like, well, how did it resolve? Did anything? So Shepard, the teenager that did live in the home, uh, the wrong home, the angry mob was terrorizing, was just playing video games. And he tried to tell the mob that when he answered the door, uh, he's like, like, I don't know any Josiah. Uh, He doesn't live here. I'm just playing video games. And the mob, the the sheriff was like, I don't fucking believe you. And he shoved his foot in the door and wouldn't let him close the door. And then they all started the, the mob of 20 people, like half of which were armed just 
just just started screaming at him like, "We know you got a girl in there, Josiah." <laughs> like, oh my god! <laughs> so then, no way. Yeah. Jesus. Then Shepard's mom had to come down, and she immediately was like, uh, 20 armed white people. This is not good." So she tried to get in between her son and, and the mob, and eventually, yeah. eventually, it was a scary situation. But the mob realized they were in the wrong home, and they left disgruntled. Uh, luckily, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it sounds yeah. like she she just took control of the situation. and Was like. Not on my watch. Right. Yeah. He doesn't have a fucking teenage girl in here, okay? Right. Uh, right. Luckily, no one was hurt, and the sheriff's deputy has been fired and now faces criminal charges of trespassing, breaking and entering, and willful failure to discharge duty. I was really concerned when you said that a cop was leading an angry mob to a house. like that. Not good, right? Yeah. So please, guys, don't posse up. I know everyone's wound a little tight these days, but just don't roll up to people's houses with an armed group. That's how people get killed. Like, maybe... Maybe you need search warrants. They have like the fucking uh, find my iPhone thing, you know? Like she was, she was like not even near this fucking house. Whatever. All right. Ugh. Yeah. Unbelievable. Get a search warrant. Yeah. Unbelievable. All right. Well, let's move it on to a little bit of a lighter subject. Over in Elon's world, and so this is of course about Elon Musk, one of the fun guys to watch here on Hard Factor, one of our favorite subjects. Elon wants to open Tesla, the factory in Fremont, California, back up. They're the only major car maker in California, and he wants the factory running. But the state and county government say, no, the lockdown continues. You can't open your factory back up. So over the weekend, he sued Alameda County, California, um, and tweeted, uh, frankly, this is the final straw. I guess I should have an Elon Musk voice, huh? Yeah, but frankly, he's, got, he's got a weird like, cadence. Yeah, like, uh, he says like frankly, three words a minute. Frank, I frankly, frankly, frankly. Yeah. I don't even know. Story. I'll have to work on it and then come get. Frankly, this okay. is the final straw. Tesla will will now move its HQ and future programs to Texas slash Nevada immediately. So oh, I don't know if that's right. you guys know that that's our states that we live in. Oh, yeah. are they Elon, coming to Austin? Because that's that yes, would suck if they, they were. They're, they're definitely coming to Austin. Are you kidding me? Uh, There's already Boca Chica is their is their main facility in Texas, which is by South Padre Island. Okay, good. Um, that's good. Stay there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Reno, Nevada is his main location in, in Nevada. So uh, then, you know, that's that. he's basically just like all on Twitter. He's like, I'm really sick of California, sick of California. Uh, but then uh, local state rep, Democrat Lorena S. Gonzalez, she tweeted, fuck Elon Musk, period. I'm to with which, her. Yeah, yeah. To which Elon replied, message received, and then pinned <laughs> that to his profile. Uh <laughs> So uh, I'm I'm definitely about to listen to his second go around with the Joe Rogan podcast because he's about to be the reason flights from Reno to Texas Dude, start to get way fuck, better moving fuck, forward. Fuck him and his so. weird ass family. I don't want them moving to town. Well, uh, I'm, he, we're, we are Mark. Bad news for you. We're quite literally now li- living in Elon's world in our two states. So <sighs> he just ra- wrangled some more power within within our home states that we're living in. Uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, really sad for California, though, if he does follow through on this threat, because Tesla employs almost 40,000 Californians. That lady is a complete moron for saying fuck him in the position that she holds. Yeah. And, and, and for to such a to guy like that, he does. He will just he'll just do crazy shit just out of fucking spite, it seems. So, yeah. oh, yeah. You think the guy, yeah, the, yeah. the pedal guy and <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a. Uh, He's not one to right. be fucked with. He's, he's got right. short loose, fuse. Loose, he loose does. cannon for sure. So yeah. maybe don't maybe don't in your in your position as an elected official in the state that he's suing billionaire. Uh, yeah. Tell him to tell him to fuck himself when he's threatening right. to move forty thousand jobs out of your state. Probably not the best time. But but Lorena mm-hmm. wanted the click. She got forty two thousand likes on that bad boy. So. Yeah, I wish she'd 
pin some of the mean shit I've said to him. You know, he, should, <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't pick. I go after him all the time on Twitter. They don't. The hard factor mark doesn't move the needle. For, I guess for not. Musk, apparently. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> That's when we'll yet. know we've made it. Yeah. Not yet. Once, yeah, once he cares. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I, right, I insulted his child, for Christ's sake. <laughs> the, na- the, na- the name. The name of the child. Yeah. I, I heard that they had a dispute that, uh, that they're pronouncing it uh, different ways. Oh, Grimes, well, no, it doesn't oh, really? even matter. It's, it, yeah. it's, well, not legal, it's not legal characters. Well, they can't name not. the baby that. You can't, oh, you can't put that yeah. on a birth certificate. What are you going to show, show, show up to like, the DPS and be like, uh, can you type in on uh, this uh, weird character and numbers? Like, fuck Nobody you. can type it, so yeah. it's not allowed to be named that. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, okay, well, good. Um, all right, guys, moving on. I got a beach triple for you guys. First, Ooh. let's get to the sad one. Let's get it out of the way. As a 26-year-old surfer named Ben Kelly was killed by a shark Saturday near the northern end of Monterey Bay, uh, Santa Cruz County, I believe. The attack happened just 100 yards from shore, and the species of shark is not yet known. Probably a great white, seeing as how mm. one photographer said he counted 15 in the area oh, on his man. boat the same day. Um, so probably should have closed the beach sooner. Um, the beaches were closed to sunbathers and tourists, but open to swimmers and surfers at the time. So, you know, I guess the sharks just moved in. Well, like and, every other animal, like the whales right. are moving in. The, all right. the animals are moving in because there's no boats out there. There's no people out there. So, like, they're yep. like, oh, I'll get, I guess I'll go closer. So yep. sh- everything's sharks, free sharks are no different. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. So they, they closed the beaches within a mile both ways. I mean, once once a shark attack like that happens once at a beach i'm never going in it yeah, again close but, that beach you know, yeah no. um moving on according to officials in padre <laughs> island uh, seashore texas uh blue dragons are washing up ash- ashore and no uh, everyone there is not on acid these are actual blue dragons um but while they are blue in color these creatures are only about an inch long uh mm-hmm. they kind of look like like a giant gummy bear creature or exotic fishing lure um if you look uh, at them yeah. and they they feed on one of the um one of the deadlier sea creatures out there the man o war which is looks like a jellyfish it's not actually jellyfish but it can kill humans in rare cases uh, if it stings them and the blue dragons are able to when they eat them they are able to store the stinging cells Inside them for later use, like but some like Marvel one inch villain. Big, but it still kills the big man of war. Yeah, the man of are huge. It eats them. It's like it's like a, a num- attack in numbers. It's not oh. like the yeah because oh. the man of are humongous. Blue dragon right, yeah. sounds pretty intense. Little yeah. nippy nippy guys. Yeah. So um, yeah, they steal their powers from them. So do not pick them up <laughs> if you uh, if you see them. Um, and uh, hey guys, if all this fucked up beach news has you scared, don't worry. You probably won't be able to go to the uh, get a spot at the beach this year anyway. Um, if your beach is anything like a Spanish beach in the town of Canet Dan Berenguer, a Mediterranean town, I definitely butchered that, located just north of Valencia, um, they're allowing half the number of people to visit its beaches this summer, requiring you to reserve a spot on their new app. They will be, yeah. So they will be placing down like a grid to keep beachgoers properly socially distanced. Probably not a bad idea, but I mean, it's pretty yeah, windy on beaches. The day so. you go to the beach, though, you're about to fucking throw down. Oh, my like, God. Oh, yeah. When you get a spot, it's good. It's going down. Everyone's, it's like a cabana. Everyone's every, getting every pregnant. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's bottle service. It's like renting the cabana every single time you go to the beach now. Yeah. So, um, but you know, it's worth a shot, I guess. And that's, yeah. that's that might might happen at some of the other more. Oh my uh, god, know, I gotta get to beaches. a beach. I mean, that sounds actually kind of cool. Like you get your own spot. Of course, the bad part is you're gonna get in trouble. Like if you go talk to other beachgoers, potentially. 
Yeah, it's going to be a pain I in the dick. I am chomping at the bit to get to a beach in one Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, June or July, it's going down. Um, all right, guys, we are truly living in a Zoom world now, and I have a double Zoom debacle for you. Uh, it's <laughs> new, so people are still getting caught up in stuff like the dicks and the racism with the Zoom bombers, right? We already talked about those things, but I got two mm-hmm. new stories for you. First up, a man in Nigeria was sentenced to death via Zoom. Uh, a judge in Lagos read the ruling to Olakin Hamid uh, as death by hanging. Olakid uh, Hamid uh, was remoting in the by beheading, in, uh, hanging. Hamid was oh, remoting. Hanging. Oh. Hamid was remoting into the Zoom from prison, and he got some bad news. Uh, he was found guilty of murdering his mother's employer in 2018. So yeah, I mean mm. that's a pretty bad Zoom experience for that guy. Uh, could you well, imagine? Yeah. <laughs> I once uh, I once got uh, some fines and like a, a sentence leveled down to me through a video. Uh, yeah. uh, thing but, so by death. a judge one time. How about death? But not death. Not yeah. death. So I mean, could you imagine if like the Zoom cut out when the judge is reading the sentencing and he's like, "Did oh. he say death?" Yeah, he's like, oh, the judge, <laughs> "He didn't say death." He, did he? he cut out, but as long as as long as you didn't say death by hanging, we're good over here. <laughs> yeah. Right? You did. You did say death by hanging. Well, fuck, I hate Zoom. You know, like <laughs> yeah, that's, that's rough. tough. That's tough. really impersonal. Second up, a uh, Spanish news anchor, Alfonso Merlos, was accused of cheating on Marta Lopez, his smoking hot uh, TV star girlfriend. She was on like Big Brother over there. Uh, And the accusations started piling in of him cheating after fans saw a half naked woman walk by on a Zoom feed that wasn't Marta Lopez while he was filming a live segment. (laughs) She's like carrying a tray, a tray of condoms in the back in the (laughs) background. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) she uh, wasn't there uh, to clean the house or anything like that. Like that she was there to clean his knob. Uh, Merlos was hosting the Estado de Alarma channel news report from his home, and some sexy half naked chick with a drink tray just saunters on by uh, while yeah. he's doing his thing. That and also really kills your vibe of your show. That's the the state of alarm, and and you're supposed to be like making sure people are taking shit seriously. You yeah. got you just you You've got just hot having, mistress in the yeah, back. Yeah, that is naked. really yeah. not the state of alarm, right? That is the opposite of the state of alarm. He's, yeah, yeah. He's not alarmed. Uh, Merlos <laughs> claimed he and Lopez were already broken up before he filmed the segment where his new bed buddy walked by, but Lopez herself said, no, that's not true. They were still together at that time. Obviously, they're not anymore. Not and, one minute later, and they she broke said, up. Yeah, right. She said it was very <laughs> shameful of him to do that to her. Uh, turns <laughs> out Merlos craps where he eats as the naked chick was a journalist. Alexa Alexia Rivas, uh, who I guess works with them or something, or you know, is at least in the same industry. Rivas said she has been dating the newsman for several weeks now. Uh, so yeah. Merlos has had quite the quarantine. He looked yeah. happy. <laughs> he looked awfully happy in the Zoom session. He was smiling in the uh, in the still shots I saw. In the, he was doing the state of alarm or whatever, right. but he himself was <laughs> smiling ear cool to ear. Cucumber. Yeah. Yeah. She, she's <laughs> walking out to the veranda half naked. <laughs> yeah. He's doing okay with like cocktail. Tales. Yeah. What yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. that infuriate you if you were watching his show? Yeah, for like, sure. You're like you're like in your shitty apartment, locked down or whatever, and you see Lonely. this guy. He's the like state of alarm. He's guy. like reading yeah. off deaths. Like uh, either yeah. way, no, not. <laughs> Not a good uh, idea to have your yeah. mistress walking around on your Zoom feed half naked or anyone no. really because that shit's in the cloud now. Uh, and that Zoom session was brought to you. That Zoom uh, section was brought to you by our sponsor, Predict It. You can gamble on the news and why the hell wouldn't you? Uh, and you can get a free 20 to do so if you go to www.predictit.org slash promo slash hardfactor20. There's no promo code. That URL is the promo code. Create an account, and in minutes, uh, it just takes a couple minutes, and then deposit at least 20 bucks, and they match you with the free 20. It's completely legal and completely awesome in all 50 states. 
I want to talk about which state will have the smallest margin of victory in the 2020 election based on percentage of popular vote. Whoa. That's a cool one. Um, yeah. I smallest like th- margin of victory. By popular vote percentage, not like, you know, it has nothing to do with the Electoral College. It's the popular vote percentage. I like Florida in that it is currently the front runner at 14 cents. Yes, but that's like plus 700. You get seven times your money back. Um, there are some other good states in there, obviously. If, if the front runner is in 14 cents, there's a lot of good choices like Wisconsin. Who else is up there? Like, is, is Pennsylvania up Wisconsin, there? Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Georgia's at 10 cents, which to me is crazy because that's going to go way Republican. That's Whoa. not close. Yeah. Georgia Take at 10 cents. no on that. Georgia, that's a, that's yeah. a free 10 cents. Georgia at 10 cents is ridiculous. Uh, yeah. but, but Florida last election, 2016, was like second or third closest state. It was like 1.2 percentage points away. It's always yeah. very close. Uh, they like Trump there. They also like uh, Aviator Joe there. It's going to be close. So at plus 700 odds, I would take uh, – I'm going to put a little bit on, on Florida there. Um, yeah. There's also I like ton- that. Yeah, it's, it's a, that's a cool market. There's also a ton of new markets out there in general, guys. As even though coronavirus is a thing, we are having an election this year and fairly soon. So get in on this now at www.predictit.org slash promo slash hardfactor20. Get that free 20 bucks for depositing at least 20 and start making some easy money with us. And, easy money. And now let's take it over to our interview with Cassie Dillon. Uh, welcome to Hard Factor, the founder of Lone Conservative and online political personality herself, Cassie Dillon. Thanks for coming on the show, Cassie. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, we've heard a lot about you. Uh, we're working with uh, Patricia, uh, somebody I know you've worked with in the past uh, now. And she told us that you had a wild stay in Kurdistan. <laughs> um, so we don't know Who exactly right? what happened. <laughs> right. I mean, it sounds like it's an easy place to have a wild stay in, but we'd like to hear uh, what happened there. What, what were you doing in What's that about? Yeah, so I'm known for traveling to very odd places where people don't usually go. Like, I usually go to conflict zones. Like, the first time Mm. I went to any other country was Israel, which a lot of people go to Israel, but I was in some tense areas. And then I went to Cyprus and crossed the UN border. There's some conflict there. I've been to Egypt uh, in the Sinai. There's tanks rolling around. But, yeah, I decided to go to Iraqi Kurdistan uh, my senior year of college. You're not like a beach lady, I guess. Uh, no, I'm more of like a political danger person, which is really bad. I thought Mark Ruffalo was going to look way different when we finally got to interview him. (laughs) Well, so actually today is the two-year anniversary of me going to Kurdistan. I got the little Facebook notification of all my photos, so it's kind of funny we're talking about it today. But uh, as a senior in college, I wrote a thesis about Kurdish-Israeli relations, and through doing that, I interviewed a bunch of people who are involved in Kurdistan, and one guy was like, hey, we're going there to go monitor the elections. Do you want to come? So not only did I go to Kurdistan, I went there during elections, which usually is very violent. I There were street fights. There was like people shooting each other with AKs in the street. Uh, so I... So- that's how, you, that's how you win the election, the last person to survive the, the shooting? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I kind of got used to the shooting after five days, which is kind of weird. Uh, it's kind of common. In Arab culture, a lot of Middle Eastern cultures and Kurdish culture, when you're celebrating, a lot of times they just whip out a gun and start shooting into the air. It's, so it's a celebration. It's not an argument? What goes up doesn't come down. It's just you know, yeah, a no. way to, to celebrate. I learned that and, in the movie True Lies. Um, when they got the nuclear warhead, they all fire into the air, and I was like, "Oh, they do is, actually." Yeah, it's a cultural yeah. thing. I didn't know. Uh, well, so, what, what were bang pots and pans? Some people yeah, shoot off. It's yeah. similar. Uh, what were you yeah. doing there? And I also heard that you maybe got behind an automatic weapon on the front lines. 
Yeah, so I did. It was a crazy story. Okay, so I went. I went to Kurdistan with Jake Turks. Uh, he is the White House correspondent for Omni Magazine. I don't know if you guys remember, like one of Trump's first press conferences, a Jewish guy raised his hand, and Trump was like, "Sit down and shut up." And it was like a huge controversy. Uh, and then Jake turned out to be kind of a Trump supporter. He's like a complete Orthodox. Hasidic oh, I think Jew. I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. and so he turned yeah, out to be a Trump supporter, but he works in the White House for Ami Magazine, and he was on the trip along with a few other people. They were all Orthodox Jews, too, which or most of them, which kind of made me a little nervous because they weren't hiding that they were Jewish. And, right, because they were in Muslim territory, right? Yeah, well, like, the Kurds love Israel, first of all. Like, we tested that out. We they, Some of the people in my group were passing around Israeli flags, and the Kurds were waving them in the street. But I went huh. there because we were filming a documentary. Uh, the documentary never really got made. That's a whole other story, but... We went there, we were supposed to film a documentary and watch the elections, and I was also trying to test my thesis, which was that the Kurds deserved independence. Uh, I don't really mm. agree with that anymore. Um, they they want to kill each other, the, the two main political parties. It's like wild, wild west right. there. It's very you, complex. There was AK injuries and in campaigns, it sounds uh, yeah. you know, like it's, it's a rough scene. It's like, imagine the Republicans and the Democrats each having their own militias and having checkpoints when you we're almost there i mean we're we're getting close we're getting close but you know it's very close but when i first got there i flew into erbil which is the capital of kurdistan and then i went to solomonia which is the capital of the other political party and i went into my hotel and to make things even crazier i was the only girl on this trip there is like 10 guys and just me like the smallest little a bunch of orthodox jews and kurds yeah (laughs) it was (laughs) what a scene it was a disaster (laughs) we had so much fun but it was I, I had adrenaline for five minutes straight. But, okay, so I get into my hotel room, and all I hear is an explosion and then AK fire. And I hadn't mm. slept. I was flying for, like, three days. I roll off the bed onto the ground, and I'm like, oh, my God, somebody told them where the Americans are. I'm going to die. And I was just freaking out. And so then I peeked out the window, and it was literally fireworks and people just shooting AKs into the air. And <laughs> that was a party. <laughs> that was my first introduction nice. into Kurdistan. But throughout the days, we went to some of the jails that Saddam Hussein had when he tortured Kurds. So I got to see like really horrific things. And then we oh. did go to the front lines with ISIS and the Shia militias. So I was about like, less than a mile away from ISIS. They took us wow. legit to just like the front outpost. And some of the Kurdish generals thought it would be funny to have me there. First of all, I was kind of worried, like, being in the front lines with a bunch of soldiers. The only this will rile ISIS up. <laughs> yeah. Did you wear yeah. something revealing? Look at this. No, no face covering. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was dressed very, very conservative the first four days. And then we went to the front lines. I was just over it. So I just wore, like, skinny jeans and a V-neck. And I'm like, I'm 100%. sick of wearing oh, this. Oh, no. It was That's hot how you out. fight the Islamic yeah. State. Cassie, that's how you fight the true. Islamic State. I felt that's like the most offensive thing. I feel like they were using me as bait. They're like, "Oh, look, we yeah. have this Western white chick. Come on, ISIS, because they're waiting Sounds for ISIS like to it. come and attack them." Because at this you want time, her? you can't have her. <laughs> yeah, come get her. Sp- they just start sprinting. <laughs> well, there you'd was like one- this, wouldn't you? <laughs> well, so okay. Charging. in 2017, <laughs> the way ISIS operated was they had sleeper cells, so they weren't completely had very defined territory, but they had small little outposts. And a lot of the recently freed ones, the Kurds controlled, and we were driving through them, and we got stuck in a traffic jam. And I have a video on my phone of this, and all I feel is my security guard grab my head and push it down in the car, and he puts an AK on my head out the window. And I speak Arabic, so like I can kind of understand some of the stuff he's saying, because he's yelling at them in Arabic, because it was an Arab city, like Arab little town. And he's you like, boy, yelled- girl, as a base for the AK. 
he was trying to like hide the fact that there was a white girl and like screaming at these people to get away from the car. To yeah, the point, he didn't want him to see you. We just drove yeah. on the sidewalk and just drove because wow. we were like in such yeah. a dangerous situation. So Curtis Sam was crazy. Cra- that's and, crazy. Yeah. So, so I mean, like, how do you feel now that things have changed? You said your your thoughts about the independence there have changed. How do you feel about what happened uh, with, you know, us withdrawing um, in Syria and how that all played out? I was not happy about that at all. I spent a lot of time with them, and they kept telling me how much they loved America. They were so hospitable. Like, I met with the highest sheikhs who have never met with American media at all. And wow. you, you go into... First, there's very big hospitality in the Middle East in all countries. And you'd go into, like, their little office or their house, and they would first serve you, like, water and jello cups. And then they come out with, like, tea and then coffee and then water and then tea and then coffee. So the entire time, <laughs> you're just bringing all these liquids, and it's rude to reject it. So, like, and then you had to, like, pee. And I don't know if you know what the toilets look like in the Middle East, but... Holes, right? Uh, they're, like, the holes in the ground, especially, yeah. like... Not my cup of tea. I would wait till the, we went back to the Western hotels. But my mom would not be able to go there. <laughs> yeah, not, I, your cu- not your Jello cup of water. You know what I mean. Uh, so, what, what was the general consensus when when Trump chose to pull the U.S. troops out of Syria? Like, I mean, you were there. You experienced it front front hand. Like, and you also, you know, rep through your website from the conservative point of view. Like, what was the conservative consensus when that happened? Do you feel like there was a lack of understanding? Do you, well, yeah, there was a big mix um, from the conservative side. There was a lot of the so-called neocons who were really mad about it, and people were putting me into that camp. But my issue is not that I think we need to be fighting wars for the Kurds. My issue is we made a promise, and we should keep our promise. If you don't want to keep our promise, then don't make it. And so we shouldn't have pulled out as abruptly as we did, because now you're giving not only Syria more influence in the Middle East, you're giving Iran and Russia. Russia is now the number one trading partner with the Kurds in Iraq. Not even the Kurds in Syria, who we already well, Because Russia had to step in as the protector, right, essentially. Well, but the protector in Syria, and now they're the economic trader in Kurdistan, yeah. where they're buying up all the oil. So right yeah. now, we're seeing our Kurd, the Kurdish allies who have loved us for 30 to 40 years, now aligning more with Russia and Iran, well, and that's they're dangerous. The new dominant, they're the new dominant presence. I mean, it's like kind of like how, you know, nations, like how China can move in on... on um, Africa and places like that. I mean, this sounds like the reverse to the ending of Rocky Four when Rocky won over the Russians. This is yes. like right. the opposite. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. and a side note about China, by the way. Like I said, I was with a bunch of guys, and mm-hmm. the Jewish guys weren't part of this, but uh, a bunch of the other Christian American guys found a strip club in Kurdistan mm-hmm. run by the Chinese. It was just a bunch yep. of Chinese strippers. That makes sense. Honestly, <laughs> what makes you <laughs> what? What Chinese woman well, is going to willingly go be a stripper in Iraq? Like this is human trafficking. Wow. Clearly, but that's but that's China's style. Also, like they they set up like uh, they have a lot of their foreign policy campaign is huge, and they set up in developing nations especially. They set up basically their own little cities where they can start to sort of Chineseify the country. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the best way well, to do that is to bring them in through the strip club. Uh, well, you need your own strip club. You how are you going to get people to work there without right. the strip club? I yeah. mean, you got to Long-time listeners may know that I went to Tahiti, right? Uh, and the Chinese bought everything in the markets and they they control everything in, in French Polynesia. It's a they, it's a new form the, of colonialism. Yeah. Right, because yeah. they're going to call in the debts eventually to all, all these all, all They the run every business there. They're yeah. running Africa right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're taking well, they all really, the natural resources. They really Got the books in big. But let's let's move away from foreign policy. Let's go to something more fun, Pat. You got yeah. So, Cassie, I read your article uh for the Daily Wire. Um I dated a Democrat. I probably never will again. Um I think that's short-sighted. There's lots of great sentences <laughs> out there. But uh, tell us about why you chose to write that and, and what your dating experience was like with this. With this, Sounds really handsome, Democrat man. <laughs> <laughs> he is a 
handsome guy. We're still friends. Uh, I wrote that article because it was around uh, Valentine's Day, and I just wanted to write something more fun. I was writing a lot of foreign policy, and I wanted to write something more, uh, just more fun and lively. And Fox News had me come on and talk about it, which is like, I always go on Fox News for the weirdest things. Like, that was one, and then I tweeted I wouldn't be Trump's friend, and he tweeted back at me and was like, I'm okay with that, and they had me on for that. So, like, the weirdest (laughs) things they had me on for. It's so weird. But I wrote that article mainly because I was just kind of reflecting on Tom, as I named him in the article. It's not his name. And just about- What's his name? I can't tell you. <laughs> I don't want to ruin his... I, I, thought, I, I thought I'd try. I thought I'd try. <laughs> uh, Not Tom, though. So that leaves yeah. how many yeah. options? We're whittling it down. By the end of this yeah. interview, we're going to get it. Yeah. <laughs> so the article is mainly talking about how I think when you marry someone, you should share similar values. And that's not to say like a Republican and a Democrat can't have similar values. It's just like I'm so involved in politics that I'm very fundamental in my beliefs. And the pro-life issue is something that definitely split us away from each other. And then Uh some other issues. But we did find common ground. Like, we were both very involved in the pro-Israel movement. He, uh, his economic policies are not in line with me. But we're still friends. We had a good time. And in that article, I talk about how we went on a road trip with another couple who actually just got married. That's the make or break. That's when when you go on a road trip, you you learn some, it's like, it's not as bad as a camping trip where nothing good happens uh, between the couple. We were camping and road tripping. Oh, that's the worst. No showers. (laughs) No bathrooms. You learn a lot about somebody when you camp with them. Yeah. But when you see, like, another couple getting along and having all these, like, fundamental beliefs, and we're fighting, we've only been together for, like, three or four months, I was just like, I need somebody who agrees with me with more things. And now my current boyfriend, he agrees with me on almost everything besides Trump. He's he's a never-Trumper. And it's kind of boring. Mm. We don't get to debate as much, but it's still nice. So, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. like, you have your Kellyanne Conways and George Conways. You don't think that, like, it could, right. it could work? <laughs> I don't know why them two are, like, I don't want to, like, insult them, but how do they get along? How, like, he publicly attacks her boss, and, like, I don't know how they, I don't know what their household looks they like. They almost attack each other sometimes. Right? Yeah. They, 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 like, subtweet each other. They don't, he's like, what He's outright. what started uh, Siraj's list. We just had him on, and it's George Conway having a public spat with his wife on Twitter about her policies and stuff. It's like, it is obnoxious. It's a little weird. You know, if I could amend that article, I would add, and he doesn't have social media. It's really nice having someone who do- doesn't do the same thing as I do. Oh, that's that's, that's nice. Good. Right, yeah. So, yeah. well, on that note, I mean, I think I think you're being short-sighted, and uh, I'm going <laughs> to um, I'm gonna run down a list of five Democrats uh, and I, I want you to really think about each one of these to see if you might change your policy. And I know you're in a relationship now, but you're young. That could change. Hypothetical. And also, also Hypothetical. One of these guys, if one of these guys came through, you never know. Okay, I'm going to start it off. Mr. Cassie, this is not an affront on you. This is just. Yeah. Hey, man. But no, this like you, you, need to, you, you need to work yeah. hard, bro, because it's about com- there is always someone coming, is, yeah, coming for your spot. These guys are out here. These, guys yeah, these are, are some here. heavy hitters. Who we got? They're out <laughs> here. All right. So we're going to start with what if, uh, I don't know, what if the star of uh, the 1997 blockbuster hit Titanic, Leonardo DiCaprio, came around and was like, hey, Cassie, you suck. Um, you want to ride around my private jet that I, I'm offsetting with carbon uh, credits? But not really. Uh, if it was like 1997, Leonardo, I'd think about it. But like current Leonardo, the one who's like kind of being a little crazy politically and not really doing much kind of pompous. No, nah, not him, but 1997 He's, he's also out of shape now. Yeah. What about, not as hot. Yeah. I okay, think all, right, the, all right. I think the best Leonardo to date would be beach Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> oh, yeah, back when he was young yeah, and, yeah. and just, like, totally yeah. fit. Yeah. What a Leo he was. Not eating – what's eating good Gilbert Grape, Leo? That's a different <laughs> – no, uh, All right, okay, okay. Um, all right, Canadian-born uh, former Mouseketeer – 
and the star of perhaps the most important romantic film of all time, The Notebook, Ryan Gosling. What if Gosling rolled around and was like, check this body out. It's skinny, but it's ripped. I was team Lon. She should have went with Lon. He was so much better than Noah. Oh, shit. You didn't even like wow. him in the notebook. Damn. Well, then uh, he's out. If you didn't even want him to win in the notebook, No, he's out. I didn't. I wanted Lon. Lon was so, he was so much nicer. He didn't have a temper. He was better looking. He was an officer in the military. Well, so damn. much better. Listen, Sorry, that's, a strike, that's a strikeout, Pat. <laughs> whatever. Okay, fine. All right, this is, this is a little bit left fieldy, but uh, I don't know what you're into. I'm into some of this stuff. What about WWE superstar Dave Batista? What if he was coming from the top rope? At also you? an actor now. Well, I used to watch him when I was like nine years old, so it's mm-hmm. a little creepy. I don't know about Batista that. Bombs? The Batista bombs. Batista bombs. Yeah. Thumbs down. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, let, let's update a little bit. Let's update about. What about current hot throb, heart throb, Chris Evans? What if he came around and was like, what's up, girl? Why don't I take another, you to dinner? Captain America. Another Marvel guy. Wait, Captain a, America, think about that. I hate superhero movies. Yeah. Oh, no. I hate them. Um, all of them. America, Captain America. You heard the America. title? USA. Is it bad that I don't even know what he looks like? Because He's hate a soldier. A movie. He's a, he was also oh, okay. he was also the star of uh, Not Another Teen Movie, right? That was a good one. So Jan- he's Janie's he's, Got a he's Gun. A movie star. He's a big movie star. He sang Janie's Got a Gun, and then everyone ran from the auditorium because they thought Janie had a gun. I'll have to look into him. I don't know much All about right. this guy. Last one. You might like once Once you see him, you might like him, yeah. Yeah, I mean, really, take a look, because I want you to keep it in mind here. I, w- I don't want you to be. I don't want you to limit yourself in your life. All right, think. okay, now, last one. Uh, musical superstar, uh, wheelchair Jimmy from Degrassi High, Drake. No, not my type. No. Okay. 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 What He's about too Brad Drake? What about Brad Drake, the Florida House of Representatives uh, Republican? What about him? No, not into it. Okay. Yeah, All right. That's fine. Like? Even I as a Republican. Think, I want you to think about this tonight, Kathy. You have to when, sharpen that list, Pat. Yeah, I know. Yeah, well, yeah, it, was I know. Worth, it was worth a shot. You, you just turned down a lot of hot dudes. Well, we can just <laughs> we can just assign we can assign the left to people like what about um uh, n- the, all of the Jonas Brothers I don't mm-hmm. know what their affiliation uh, is but Jonas Brother that's there you go Nick and you know they yeah. would get into polygamy. <laughs> well, sorry, right, we're, so. we're going to move on from the dating. Let's talk. Uh, I think this might be the last topic. Let's talk about San Francisco. Um, little Birdie told us that you've you've done some research on San Francisco. T- kind of talked about. All the poop that's in the streets and such, although maybe there's a little bit less now because of the uh, wet housing and hotels. I don't know if you've heard about this, but we covered this recently. Basically, the city of San Francisco is providing nicotine, weed, booze, methadone, and housing in hotels for the homeless. What do you think about that? So I did that video about a year ago, uh, only about a year into living into L.A. or less. And I've been questioning recently, why didn't I make this video in Los Angeles? It's so bad here, too. And the governor said that he was going to house all the homeless people during coronavirus, and it's not happening. There are more homeless people in my neighborhood right now than there were four months ago. So, What think, neighborhood are you in in L.A.? I'm in the Valley, so like Sherman okay. Oaks area. Yeah. Uh, so it's not great down here right now. And when it comes to San Francisco, that was a very interesting video. Um, I think that people there, a lot of people who are in San Francisco aren't from San Francisco. So a lot of these people are coming from other cities. Some of them told us that they were being bussed into San Francisco from other cities to get the benefits. Um, Wait, what? As in in the the homeless? Yes. Some of them were completely saying this to us, that we were bussed here because they have better benefits here. Uh, I don't know how credible they are. A lot of them were all doped up. Somebody actually... as in, like the advocate groups, because they have yeah. tons in San Francisco. They would go out to go to go bring them in from yes. other places. Yes. Well, that's what they were saying. That it's not taxpayer dollars co- wow. covering the hotel stays, right? That's what we had read. 
Well, it could be it's, advocate groups in other cities wanting right. them out of their cities. It's wow. not taxpayer dollars, but you, like eventually someone pays for it, right? Like, I, I mean, I really don't know like the complete how the people got there, but I do know that the things that they're doing for them right now to try to make them not be homeless is not working. So they they pay them to go clean the streets, and they can go take the food or the money that they get. It's like stipends, so they can go to like CVS and buy some food. It's not like handing them cash. Um, so that's mm. feeding them, but that's not helping them not be homeless. And another thing they're doing is they're bringing people from the jails and bringing portable bathrooms. We actually met a guy who was doing that, um, and I had, a, like, a weird encounter with him where I was talking to him and interviewing him, and then he turned his neck, and all I see is an SS tattoo. And I was just like, <gasps> and he looked at me because he saw me, like, I was like. It's intense. I, like, yeah. stopped for a second. Tough, tough to get a job with that tattoo. Yeah, and, and then he looked at me, and he was like, what? And I was like nothing thank you for the interview bye yeah um, appreciate it. so like you know san francisco is a little rough we had uh, a homeless person try to attack us but we had um police officers with us who were like off duty but they're kind of like our security so guards with a guy with the ss tattoo he was uh, on jail release bringing in bathrooms for the homeless to use yeah so he brings in like a trailer oh. and then he like supervises it makes sh- make sure they're not shooting up in the bathrooms so that's great, actually. That's I mean, if if, if, yeah. if if anyone if anyone should be handling, uh, you know, human excrement and the business around it, it's a it's a neo Nazi, in my opinion. Like, that's I think that's true. that's perfect. I you know, let that's that guy fitting, have that job. Yeah. He can have that job. But what do you what do you what do you do? Like, there's it seems like there's more homeless people. Do you do you do programs like this, like wet housing, or 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 not? One thing I thought was really interesting is that there's segregation among the homeless. So, like, one street would be a bunch of black homeless people, and another street would be a bunch of white homeless people, and the drugs they're doing are differently, and the way they're treated are differently. Um, and, I don't know, the black homeless people were, were very kind to us. They were, like, telling us exactly what's going on and what needs to change. The white homeless people were very, very con- confrontational. Um, they're the ones that tried to attack us before our security guard jumped in. So there's, like, a lot of weird nuances to what's going on in San Francisco, but nothing's really being fixed. Like, we went to a playground, and there's needles there out of playground. So they just essentially have such great benefits for homeless that they just continually collect more and more bigger and bigger population in all the major cities in California. Yeah, well, I asked the homeless people, like, why why don't you go live in the shelters? Why are you living on the sidewalk? And in San Francisco, they don't allow tents. In L.A., we have tents everywhere. They don't have that in San Francisco. They're not allowed to. And if they do, then they usually get them confiscated. But they're telling us they didn't go to the shelters because if they go to the shelters, they have to get clean. And so they don't want to do that, which is, I'm assuming, why San Francisco is now putting them up and letting them do whatever they want, because otherwise they're not going to go in. Not in these hotels. You don't have to get clean. They bring the party to you. The weed, <laughs> well, hold on, the but booze, that's the point. The, like, that, that's the point. Methadone makes total sense because it's like, you know, if you're if you're addicted to heroin, you you can be functional on methadone. It's not great, but you're fucking you're on the worst drug, period. So, like, get off the yeah, street. But- stay on the methadone. The weed. What? What? Yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> it's, Who's yeah, maybe buy it over the counter now? It sounds like it's my not, house tonight. That's like, that's like having cigarette withdrawals. Yeah. Like, <laughs> San Francisco is a weird place. Okay, it's a whole other universe there. But generally, I think you're I think you're dead on that. Like, look, California has some of the worst homelessness. Period. Because it's got the most conducive weather to being homeless. Yeah. San Francisco is a major exception. It's one of the coldest places on the goddamn planet, in my opinion. Uh, especially when you're think you're supposed to be in warm ass California. And forget but, about the fog. Good yeah, lord, all the fog, it's microclimate. <laughs> fuck this shit. But but I know people have been criticizing Gavin Newsom for his handling of it. I mean, I just wonder: is there a better model? I, I'm just I'm asking just generally, like statewide. Is there a state that effectively handled homelessness? Because I know that everyone's intentions are pure. They're trying to solve the problem. But you're right, saying like. Um, 
um, you know, there's a disconnect right, right there with the shelters, right? Because they don't want to get clean. There has to be a different system. Well, I think a lot of the politicians are treating their own neighborhoods differently than they are the rest of the neighborhoods in the city. So around uh, Mayor Garcetti's house, there's no homeless people there. That's a that's a, an area where they will remove them from that neighborhood. And then they just push them all into one neighborhood. And then you have a giant issue where people are getting typhoid. People are urinating and, and ha- crapping in the streets. And you're just pushing them the all buckets. into one neighborhood. Remember the bucket? Remember uh, the bucket thing? Yeah. It's don't terrible. Bring that back up. That was 2019. Don't bring that back yeah, up. No, no. So yeah, I don't know no. why they're privileging themselves. Instead, yeah. you should be making these people get help. Like, I don't want to say, like, round them up and throw them in a, a prison. But when they're walking on the streets and a lot of times, like, being very violent, swinging their arms, attacking people who walk by. Like, I have to be careful walking my dog because homeless people have gotten in my face before. That's not safe. Like, it's not safe for them. So you're walking around like that and not knowing what's going on because you're so drugged up. It's, it's a public health issue. Yeah, yeah. Austin, Texas has a lot of homeless people as well. But the whole and, the whole nation. I, you, you know, we yes. happen to live in some areas that have really big problems, but in general, across the U.S., it's something that's on the rise. It's only going to continue to rise, you know, um, in the future as automation. I mean, I'm jealous through, so. of them to be honest. I think it's pretty cool that they get to just get hammered and party in a hotel. That's like my, been my dream since high school. You know, hotel parties. Like we've had a couple nights that that got close <laughs> to you living your dream, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> But I always had to come back. Yeah, look, it, it, it's, it's a systems failure. I mean, I'm interested to see what I, I you know, it's tough because the systems can't catch up with the reality. It's like you, you can't go back in time and say 30 years ago, we should have put these different programs yeah. in place or systems in place that would have prevented these people from being homeless. I'm interested to see what's going to happen in Austin, Texas, because we're not a big city. It's not like L.A. or uh, San Francisco or New York where people can get lost in the system. Austin's very different in that respect. But we're seeing a major increase in the tent cities here. And there's some cool things oh, yeah. that they're doing, like like providing uh, you know, tiny homes for them in a community, which is an interesting program down here. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's it's, it's nuts. But to come- there's a 90 year old homeless guy, sorry, that lives uh, under the tree around the corner from my house. That's outside the Seven Eleven. Oh my gosh! But to come Very full nice. circle here, in the Middle East, you don't. Even though people are a lot more poorer than here, you don't see homelessness onto the level. And even when I went to the West Bank, like the first thing my tour guide said is, "You're not going to see a homeless person here because if somebody in your family is homeless, that's shameful to your family. That's dishonoring your family. You don't allow anyone in your family that shares your blood to be homeless." And so I think a lot of it comes with we need to start looking at our own our own families like called communities yeah. i have said this publicly before but when i was a kid there was a short time where my family was homeless we were living on a, a mattress with six people in my grandmother's two-bedroom apartment for a while because we lost our house and so you know my family took care of us and we tried to figure it out we never had to go to a shelter but some people have and so i think we really need to start looking into our families and even if it's that cousin who is a drug addict you know you can find programs for them and really just try hey, to you have a basement them. put them in the basement that's a good point yeah you just gotta you got to take somewhere. care of it. You got a shed. You got something. Good point. Yeah. I, oh, I, I wanted to add one more thing because you did yeah. ask me if I did shoot any firearms with the Kurds, and I did. I forgot to tell you, but I did. I shot an AK-47 with the Kurds at a gun range, and then we also shot an RPG. We had, like, multiple Whoa, RPGs in our, cool. our, our vehicles and multiple What did you AKs. fire it at? Uh, so there was, like, a wet hill. I didn't shoot the RPG, okay? If I would have shot an RPG, oh. I would you probably saw be it. hurt. That's pretty... But okay. I, yeah, I did it's see so it. Cool. Uh, a general shot it. A Kurdish general. He was also wearing an Armani like suit, like awesome. full on designer suit. What a flex! <laughs> he just awesome. breaks out the did RPG. You get a, did you get a video of yeah. that? The Armani suit guy shooting an RPG. Because oh, yeah. that's awesome. Oh yeah, yeah can we you got send, it. Can you send us that? <laughs> yes. That's amazing. <laughs> but he that's, shot it. the type of general I would be. Well, the, the generals there—they go into battle with the soldiers. It's not like here where our general is like 
organized, they actually they're go like fight with warlords that. in yeah. Armani suits. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, and I he mean, was like, you're not going to wear 60. an Armani suit. Not it's the final boss. Yeah. If you want to beat the army, you got to get rid of the guy in the Armani suit at the end. <laughs> but yeah. to make it even cooler, he shot the RPG into a hill, and it was so wet out, it didn't explode. So then we threw a grenade to explode it. So it was oh, like crazy. Awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. Shoot it! That's shoot amazing. at the RPG. Yeah, that's awesome. That's amazing. Well, Cassie, thank you for coming on the show. We'll have to do it again sometime. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is fun. All right. Well, sorry, I also missed that interview. Uh, what guy. an interview, though. Wes. I missed, Did you enjoy yeah. it? It was great. I liked how you guys asked her, you know, um, uh, which which guys she liked, and and uh, she had some crazy <laughs> stories. You know, it was uh, very very interesting. The can yeah. the can am was fun. I'm, I gotta I gotta tell you, but uh, the the editing job was fun. Going on that one? Well, yeah, the editing. Mm-hmm. No, it was it was. It, I'm glad I got to listen to it. It was a really great interview. That was a good um, interview. We'll have her back yeah. on for sure. Absolutely, she, Kat, Cassie yep. definitely coming back on. Excellent guest. Thank you, Cassie. Yeah, uh, but that's going to do it for Hard Factor today. Hey, check out the episode two of the Barstool Comments of the Week show hosted by your boys. And if you see a great comment in the blogs on BarstoolSports.com, please DM us a screenshot of the comment and blog title. Oh, that yeah. That would be gr- greatly appreciated. We're gonna, um, we need to blog more so that, so that we can get roasted more in the, in the comments, and we're going to be trying to do that, but we are busy. So if you see yeah. some good comments out in the blog, hit us with the title and the, and the comment, please. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, keep those five-star reviews coming in. Voicemail number, again, 512-270-1480. If you want to keep, uh, if you want to send us a patch of any kind, anything at all, um, DM us, and we will send you a P.O. box so <laughs> we can proudly display it in our uh, studio. Uh, keep mm-hmm. those What the Fuck Wednesday stories coming, Florida Wait, Man but Friday before stories, you move too. on, remember, Wes will be screening every single item that comes I in. I will. Anything yeah. with a black falcon or sharp, jagged lines <laughs> in red, um, I'm gonna be on, I'm gonna be looking. <laughs> what is that? A hawk? Yeah. What is that? A hawk? Or is it, does he have a helmet on? I don't know. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah. So we'll, we'll uh, DM us and we'll send you that PO box number. Also, uh, subscribe to us on our YouTube channel, Hard Factor, uh, to watch our fat mouths say the words you hear every day. The boat race will drop this week. Thank you, everyone who participated. Sorry I could not be there to chug milk with you uh, this time. Heard it was a good time as usual. Who won, by the way? Oh, Will's team. We got I, – I re- oh, I reached out to – well, I reached out to Ronnie Deutsch. I don't know if you've been watching Donnie. Right. Do- Donnie That's does why his, you need to watch this when we yes. put it out. Yeah, he, He's um, been doing those yeah. uh, million um, – I have seen Ronnie. The, he's impressive. The million Pijos with Pang's eye. And I've been on – Will I've got been, Ronnie, I've been, huh? I've been in yeah, two, Ronnie been, got put on – yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been in a couple <laughs> of his videos to check those out, but I reached out to Ronnie, and he was like, drinking? Yes, I'm in. And he was so in, and he uh, – <laughs> He's by far the best drinker, like I yeah, think, we got in split, the world. We, we like split it in half, basically. And I was like, I'm gonna drop to the bottom, and he happened to be the first guy on the bottom. Look, there's half. a lot. There's a lot <laughs> of good chuggers that come out this thing. Jackson's real fast. Like a lot of the guys are fast. Um, it was yeah. fun. It was. It but was, it was Ronnie is uh, very, very fast. Nice. Well, check it out. We will drop that this week. We promise this week for sure. Um, hey, everyone, really appreciate you listening. And as always, have yourself a great fucking day. Go to town and marry about Uncle John. He claimed he has a misery, but he's having a lot of fun, oh baby. Come in and he does